Dan Burns will help you keep it running. Dan is an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul with us for uh, a whole bunch of years here on CCO. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Fair is over. We're back in studio. Home, home, home again. Home again. Yes, yeah. indeed. And it's uh, September, too, as a matter of fact. And I was thinking of that music. The, when is the last time cars had real chrome? Yeah. That was a long time yeah, ago. It's been a long time. Yeah. A lot of plastic now. Real metal hard bumpers. Yeah, all of that. And a dash that <laughs> was metal. Yeah. That's when bumpers were meant for bumping. You for can't bump them anymore. New, you, you knock no. them right off. That's right. Well, Dan has been with us, as I said, uh, many years here, helping you out if you have to take your vehicle in for some service at your favorite dealer, your favorite shop. Give us a call or send a text. Maybe we'll uh, be able to, to analyze that for you. Dan will. And at least it's, you'll be armed with more information that you may not have had before you uh, took the vehicle in. 651-989-9226. There's a line open if you want to use it. And then uh, texters will te- have been texting in this morning even before you got here okay. for the show. That number is 81807. Keep in mind, Dan's going to be here for about another 30 minutes. So don't wait. If you have a question, now is your chance to ask it either by phone or by text. Had to laugh. We had a, a problem with a computer screen here. And this ASC certified technician came over and uh, helped us get it started again. He's just an amazing guy. But you always did like electronic stuff. Well, I was going to say computer screens are not my strong suit. No, though. I, I, I do have a, I do have a little trouble with that. And, and but you uh, know how to unplug and reboot. Well, you know, I say I don't know anything about it, but on the other hand, I've never tinkered with anything computer related that I've not been able to get there you working go. again. So right. I, I guess I have more skill than I give myself credit for. Well, you and I were talking how uh, the, the the sunlight is diminishing as we head. Uh, sadly. Yeah, sadly. So uh, this is a good time to check lights, headlights, taillights, brake lights, all that. Well, you know, we, many of us who, you know, work regular hours have not, uh, have not had our headlights on uh, for a long, long time, or our tail lights and and uh, our wipers, for example. Well, that's and a so good point. Those sorts of things. As the morning dew starts to settle on your windows, you should pay attention to your wipers and uh, you know turn on all your lights and take a, ro- a walk around the car, including your the uh, light bulbs over your license plate. Check all the little bulbs. And Never be thought sure about that. Everything is is working because uh, yeah and. I don't want to even mention it, but it won't be long before you need the scraper on your... <laughs> no, that's true. And don't use your wiper blades So find do it. That, right? Yeah, don't, you wear, you go ahead and use them, but you'll wear them out right away. Real, real fast. Uh, yeah, just rub your hand across the uh, the window when there's when there's that hard frost on it. It's very rough, like sandpaper. Yeah. 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 Another thing, speaking of lighting, a lot of folks uh, don't know that it's the law, at least in Minnesota, to use your headlights when it's raining, snowing, dark. Right. A lot of people don't. Yeah. And they're hard well, to see sometimes. An awful lot of them come on automatically now. Cars cars have kind of taken care of that for us. Yeah. Uh, they they it, uh, they automatically come on, but But if it's but daylight you, and snowing, they yeah. won't necessarily come no, you on. Need, yeah, you need yeah. headlights on. You need to think sure. about that. Yeah. That's a whole other story. Yeah. All right. Uh so ch- check those lights. Yeah, I never thought about the license plate lights. Yeah. yeah. All right. John in Eden Prairie is first up on the phone then we'll pick up on some text messages. John Dan's listening. What's your question? Hi, good morning. Morning. Um I have a acquaintance, a female acquaintance. She's retired, lives about an hour north of me here. Uh, she has a 2016 RAV4 um, that she parks in a townhouse-type garage. You know, it's attached to her townhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's only got 12,000 miles on it, and uh, she drives it very rarely. And uh, she tried to start it last night, and and the battery is dead or it wouldn't start. And uh, she does have a habit of leaving the keys in the ignition while while it's in the garage. You know, she'll just turn off the car and then leave the keys in the ignition. Um, we did put a uh, her neighbor put a trickle charger on it overnight, so hopefully maybe it's uh, solved the problem. But uh, any thoughts? Well, I would start with the fact that she drives it very rarely. And, um, you know, w- with real short drives like that, if that's all you, all she ever does, over time, the you know, the battery will lose its charge if it sits long enough because there's some things on the vehicle in the background that are running that take very a very small amount of power, but they do take a little power. And then if on top of that you never drive the vehicle to long enough for the alternator to bring the battery back to full charge, uh, you know, over time with lots of short trips, <clears throat> the battery actually will go dead just mm. because it doesn't have an opportunity to recharge. Makes so sense. I think the I think you're doing the right thing. Uh Put the trickle charger on it, and uh, I'm sure that it will start because it's uh, it's you know there there should be nothing else wrong with it. But then it, then it might be a good idea to take the back you know take the vehicle in, and at Lloyd's we do a thing called an electrical system check when people are having trouble starting their car. It checks the uh, it load tests the battery and makes sure that the battery is get, is good. We test the alternator to be sure that it's charging both volts and amps properly and is capable of putting out enough power. Um, we check the starter draw to be sure that the starter is working exactly the way that it should. And then the last thing that we check is the parasitic draw. And what that is is um, if when, when you shut the car off and when you shut everything down and you wait a little while, all of the computers and all of the accessories on the car should power down and if one of those accessories is not powering down like it's supposed to we'll know that and then of course we have to find out what it is but uh, I think in your case you're probably going to find that that really nothing is wrong except for the fact that it needs to be driven short trips yeah short trips all right John thanks very much you and I were talking about uh burglaries, home burglaries these mm-hmm. days. And so many, uh, at least according to what I've read, uh, people actually get in your house, find your car keys, and steal the car. Yeah, I've heard that. Well, this, John's friend, leave the keys in the ignition. Yeah. That makes it real easy. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Heidi in Minneapolis is on the line. Heidi, you're on with Dan here on CCO. Good morning. Morning. Um, yeah, I have a, a 98 Saturn, and... Uh, a uh, couple weeks ago, I started the car, and I had to move it, and all I did was move it a couple feet, um, maybe 10 feet, and then I turned it off um, it, real you know, quickly, and it made kind of a weird noise, and then when I went to start it again, it, it doesn't start. So I don't know, did I do something by um, just having it running so short a time? No. I mean, there's nothing, nothing you did <clears throat> that should have caused... Whatever's going on, and I don't know if the if the uh, battery was just that low, and you got the last jump out of it. So I guess the first thing I would do is try jump starting it, or have somebody help you uh, try jump starting it, and see if you can get it started again. If that's what it is, then you probably just want to have your battery tested. Um, 
but beyond that, no, there's there's nothing wrong with starting a car and just moving it a few feet. That should not have created in any sort of trouble uh, for you. Not that that's really good for a car. <clears throat> that's true, but uh, it should not cause it to fail. In this case, yeah. Right. Thanks, Heidi. Good luck with that. We have to take a quick break. We have more show to come. If you have a car care question, call it in or text it in. Dan, as I said, will be here till about 745 or so. So don't wait. 651-989-9226 or send us a text and we'll grab some of those when we come back to that text number is 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, located on Grand Avenue. Exactly where? Would you say? We are at 982 Grand Avenue, right between Lexington and Victoria. You, of course, can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or give us a call this morning. Nick and I will both be there this morning at 651-228-1316. Very good. We'll get you that number before Dan leaves us today. And by the way, Dan will be here for about uh, till about 745 or so. So if you have a car care question, bring it on now. Don't wait. Larry in St. Paul uh, is on the horn uh, for Dan. Go ahead, Larry. Yes, I got a 2009 GMC Acadia, and the headlight is out. Do I have to remove the front tire to get at that thing? Uh, that's one way of doing it. Although, I know I think it depends on the model. There's there's two different ways uh, that they can be done. Um, sometimes, if you look inside the fender well, you'll see a little cover um, that's that's in there that that get, that gives you access uh, to it. And uh, that's one way of getting at it. Or if that's not there, sometimes if you take the fender well out of, or not out of the vehicle, but take enough of the uh, screws out of the fender well where you can bend it back, you can reach up in there and take care of it. But on a few models, uh, um, and I don't think Acadia is one of them, on a few model, models, actually the front bumper has to come off wow. to be able to get the headlight out or the assembly yeah. out. So. Uh, but usually, uh, for, you know, if there's not an access panel, and there might be, uh, then you just, you know, yes, take the tire off, you know, pull that panel back a little bit, and uh, and you'll see that uh, while it looks like a huge job, it's really not that big a deal. Oh, it isn't. It's oh. just a few screws. And, okay. And that, that fender liner is plastic. You can just bend it out of the way. Good luck with that, Larry. Thanks for the call. Line is open at 651-989-9226. Or if it's easier, send Dan a text, 81807. Here's one that came in earlier this morning. 2003 Jeep uh, Grand Cherokee, um, 102,000 miles, airbag and seatbelt lights on dash, always on. Took it to the dealer on airbag recalls, but... After a year, the lights are always on. Should I have concerns? Well, just know that you're, when the lights are on, your airbags are not working. Mm. And so for that purpose, yes, you probably should have concerns. It's The vehicle is much safer if the airbags are functional. Um, so I would take it back or take it somewhere else and have some troubleshooting done on that. I think that you'll find that there's a bad sensor, uh, perhaps the, the one of the crash sensors out in front of the vehicle, which are exposed to all the elements. Maybe one of them has, has failed or the connector has failed. Or otherwise, quite commonly, we see in the seatbelt receiver, um, there's a sensor also to know if the seatbelts are fastened properly um, for, the, uh, for the airbags to work. And uh, 
if one of those sensors has failed, it'll turn on the airbag light and, and disable the system, which it needs to do. If the sensors are not all working properly, then the safest thing is for the airbags to just not deploy. Okay. Take uh, Text number 81807. Phone is 651-989-9226. John is calling from Savage with a question. Go ahead, John. Thank you. Uh, good morning. Uh, Dan, I was uh, bleeding the brakes on my 2009 Ford Escape, and it didn't keep enough fluid in the master cylinder, so I got some air in the system. Do I have to actually bleed the master cylinder, or can I just keep putting fluid in until the air is out of the system? Yeah. It'll take a while. <laughs> once, yeah, once you let it go empty like that, of course, you've introduced air into the whole system. And so uh, it takes quite a bit of bleeding for the for all of that air to get out. One thing that you could do if you are patient enough is just fill it up with fluid bleeders and just let it gravity bleed for a while. It'll drip slowly out of uh, all four bleeders, and that's kind of a good way to get started uh, to get a bunch of the air out and then go back to uh, having someone help you, you know, with pumping the brakes and opening each bleeder one at a time. Of course, being careful to be sure that you keep the reservoir full. But and uh, I don't have to take the uh, master cylinder out to get the air out of it. You do not. No, it, uh, well, rarely. I <laughs> In this business, I've never said. Uh, never. Uh, yeah, never say <laughs> never. But no, it should it should be fine. I it, You know, the the uh, if you just uh, fill it back up and, and bleed it the way you were and and do it properly, it should be fine. All right, John. Good luck with that. We have to take a break, Dan. We'll be back with more calls, more text messages on CCO Radio's Car Care Show. Fair skies, 58 degrees. A look at weather is coming up. And welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show this Saturday morning. Danny Law here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. He is an ASC certified technician, helped us out many years here, and he's doing the same thing today. Call him uh, your question in if you want. There's still a few minutes left. Uh, or send a text if that's easier. That number is 81807. Here is a text. Uh, Dan Daughter says here, has the nicest car in the family, the 2011 Altima. Passenger front door lock me- mechanism acts up sometimes, won't unlock properly. Any ideas? Well, that's, you know, there's uh, actuators in the door. Each door has a little motor that works the uh, door locks and... Uh, one of those is, or something about that is probably not right, or uh, or the linkage itself has gotten stiff and binding. Although on an eleven, that would be a little soon for that to happen. So I think probably that that actuator has failed, and and uh, unfortunately, to gain access to repair that, you have to take the door panel all apart and uh, uh, to get at it. And it sometimes can be a relatively expensive component to replace but at any rate that's i'm sure that's what's going on and you've had to replace we've had questions about it before uh of the heat seat heaters we do have to replace seat heaters from time is to it, time okay and is that a tough job well it yes it's a it's an upholstery job if anybody's ah. ever done upholstery and uh, for themselves it's uh, that's what it involves is you have to take the seat cover off and and replace the heat grid uh that's in there and then of course put it all back together making sure that all the corners are square and that it looks nice, uh, like when you started. Oh. So it can be, it can be a job. I bet it and can. It needs, and it's a job you need to do with clean hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Right. 
All right. So that as far as that won't unlock properly, it's something that they should bring in. Yeah, they're going to need some help. With yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. You know, those door panels, while if you know what you're doing, are not hard to get off. They're oftentimes they just clip on. Hmm. But all of the little screws that hold them on are obscure and hidden. And <laughs> so, uh, you know, we have uh, manuals that show us where all that stuff is. But sometimes to find them on your own is is a little challenging. Texter says, uh, Dan, what do you think about turbo engines? Avoid them for less maintenance. And how about, and I'm not sure about this, GDI engines? Uh, valve issues from buildup. I don't know what a GDI engine is. Well, it's, a, it's a high, one of the high comp- new high compression okay. uh, engines. And um, no, you don't, you don't need to avoid any of that. Uh, you just need to do proper maintenance on your yeah. car. If you've ever driven a car with a turbo and you have uh they're awesome i mean they're the the, what the the power they can get out of a small engine how does that work i mean just simply put how how, what what does a turbo do it it the it takes your exhaust to turn a uh motor i'll call it okay you know that the turbo is actually a uh a fan it's actually a fan okay and then the turbo uh, creates pressure. It pressurizes your intake manifold, which, of course, uh, adds power. It just in itself, but then it also uh, pressurizes the the uh, air fuel mixture um, that goes into the engine. And by doing that, it gives it all sorts of power. Like you said, so, a lot of the newer cars have uh, turbo fours. So small, it's small amazing. little engines with yeah. turbos that just go like crazy. So, no, don't <laughs> avoid it. In fact, you should go get one because they're, they're really fun to drive. <laughs> okay. Uh, Larry is calling from Maple Grove, I believe, uh, with a question. Go ahead, Larry. Thanks. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had this happen a couple times where uh, I've stopped in, say, a parking lot and uh, I turn the engine off, but I leave the ignition on so I can listen to the radio. And maybe after 20 minutes, uh, I turned it off. And uh, when I try to start the car again, the battery is dead. And uh, should 20 minutes with the ignition on kill the battery? No, you probably need a new battery. That that The battery should hold up longer than that. But that being said, I will warn you that when you have on these new modern cars, when you have the uh, accessory switch on to run the radio and all that, uh, oftentimes the headlights are on, the blower motor is running. There's an awful lot of power that's being drawn out of the battery. So uh, they will go dead quickly, but they sh- you should do better than 20 minutes. So take, take the vehicle in and have the battery tested. I think you'll find that the battery is probably marginal or weak and... In either case, replace the battery, and, and that'll make a big difference for you. All right, Larry, there you go. I think we have time for another call. George is calling from Shoreview. George, you're on CCO with Dan. Yeah, I have a 2012 Chevy Cruze. and automatic transmission, and the, uh, the last time it shifts, it kind of hesitates and then jerks forward. Uh, there's no dipstick or anything, so I can you know check the transmission fluid. Uh, just wondering... Uh, if this is expensive, and what should I do? Yeah, I do. well, I think, you, I think you're on the right track. I think you'll have to take it in to have the transmission fluid uh, checked, but that's where I would start is, first of all, when, in order to check it, they have to raise it up on the, on the uh, hoist, and 
uh, they'll be able to see if there's been any sort of leaking going on. If the fluid has got gotten low, it'll cause harsh, harsh shifts like that, certainly. And if so, uh, have them check the fluid and be sure that it's full. If it is, then maybe they'll have to get into some more diagnostics on the transmission. Uh, um, if the flu- I mean, if the fluid is full. If the fluid is low, then, of course, they're going to have to do some sort of uh, repair uh, for the leak, fill it back up, and see if that takes care of the shifting problem. Okay. And, but uh, but you're on the right track. You're going to but check the fluid, but you'll need some professional help to do that. We're just about out of time, Dan. I want to grab. Maybe we can do a lightning round here with uh, with the text messages. What do you say? Sure. Some quick answers. Why can semi trucks frequently get one million miles, and we're lucky to get three hundred thousand on my car? Texter says. <laughs> well, highway driving. Yeah. If, if uh, you drove the way the semi trucks do, uh, you would get that. I mean, a car is certainly capable of going that far. Sure it is. But uh, car, we don't drive cars that way, so they, you know, they rust out and rot out, and a whole bunch of other things happen uh, before it, that causes them to fail. If storing a car over the winter is it best if the gas tank is full or near empty? I think full. I would yeah, agree. I think, yeah, keep it keep it full, and uh, if it's going, and not not a bad idea to add a uh, some sort of fuel stabilizer to it to uh, to protect the gas. Uh, the texter wants to know about uh, seat belts used a lot. They are extremely slow to retract. Is there any way to make them work like new again? Yes, replace them. You can okay. And we, we do. do that. We do replace them uh, quite often for that reason. Eventually, they'll get to where they don't retract at all, and uh, when that happens, then you'll uh, you'll need to replace them. Uh, two thousand seven Ford Expedition, two hundred thirty thousand miles. Uh, brakes soft. Pump once come up. Never change brake fluids. Fluid is full. What do you think? Well, there's a whole bunch of things that can cause a uh, soft brake pedal. For example, if one of the wheel bearings is going bad and flexing too much, uh, every time you step on the brake, it has to straighten the wheel before it starts to apply the brakes. And, of course, that takes a lot more travel in the brake pedal. So those sorts of things, if a caliper is stuck or hung hung up, that will... uh, cause a poor brake pedal. But a, a poor brake pedal is a warning that something else is going on. So I would recommend that you take it in and have the uh, whole brake system inspected, noting that you're having trouble with a, with a soft pedal, and uh, they'll get to the bottom of it and figure that out for you. All right, very good. Uh, let's see. Do, do we have time for one more? Yes, I think we do. 2008 Dodge Charger. Neither of my key fobs work. I replace the battery in both. I can start my car, but none of the other functions uh, work. Can't unlock the door, trunk, panic button. I spoke with uh, Dodge Chrysler. They directed me to the dealership who wants to charge me $132 to diagnose. Do key fobs eventually just wear out, and should I just replace them? No. Well, you're going to end up somewhere anyway where with your key fob to get them reprogrammed no matter what you do. So I think that that is good advice that you should take it in and have it diagnosed because it might not be the key fob at all. It might be something else with the car that's that's causing that trouble. So, Got to run, Dan. How do we get in touch with Lloyds? Give us a call, 651-228-1316. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or uh, come on over, 982 grand. Good deal. Did see I you get that right? Come you on. You got over. it all. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah you okay. did. Okay. <laughs> perfect. Just perfect. I'll see you next week. All right? Sounds good. Thanks.